Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Jeff Tom. I want to wish everyone a good afternoon. I am the president of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, and you didn't come to hear me, so I'm not going to talk very long. But I just want to say a few words about AAVL. We, for those of you who may not know who we are, we are the Older Adults with Vision Loss affiliate for the American Council of the Blind. We have a support call on Tuesday. We have, um, we engage in a great deal of advocacy um, on behalf of older adults um, at all levels. And um, we even, um, we even work on programs like this and we're going to do more community calls. And this is the first one that we've had in a while. Um, and today's call is on a topic that it, and I know that a lot of people are interested in, uh, judging by how many people are even on the Zoom uh, link, as well as those out in ACB Media Land. And that is, of course, fall prevention. And remember, this is only the first of three calls on the issue. And I'm just going to give a brief, oh, before I do give that brief introduction, if you would like to become a member of AAVL, um, we have actually have a contest, uh, a monetary contest for those who join before February 1. And you can go onto our website, which I will give you, um, aavl-blind-seniors.org, and you can pay by that means or find out any of our officers and we can give you information um, about the organization. So with that, um, our uh, facilitator for these three calls is an incredible gentleman, and I don't use that word uh, as any kind of overstatement. He's an amazing guy. He's an author, he's a grandfather, he's a traveler, he's an out of the box thinker, and um, I can tell you, as president of this organization, he's constantly um, challenging my viewpoints and, and making me a better um, officer for this organization. And he has a lot of expertise in this incredibly important issue of fall prevention. So with that, I want to um, uh, introduce to you Larry Johnson. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Well, let me begin first by downplaying a little bit of what Jeff said and telling you uh, a little bit about me. First of all, I am blind and I have been since the age of six months. I'm also now severely hearing impaired, which is a real bummer if you're blind. I'm uh, 88 as of a month and a half ago. And seven years ago, I was at a conference in Colorado and I learned about a program called A Matter of Balance, Managing Concerns About Falls for Older People. Well, I got very excited about it, and I came back to San Antonio, which is where I live, and I contacted my local area agency on aging, and I told them of my interest in I could become a trainer. And they said, sure. So they... Uh, 
put me through a a class. It was a one day long class, and uh, I signed up. And since then, I have became become a certified volunteer trainer, and have been teaching classes ever since, except for last year, of course. The matter of a balanced program is actually eight weekly sessions of two hours each. So this is going to be a very condensed version. Three sessions of one hour each. My hope is that you will attend all three for maximum benefit. And that after you finish the three sessions with us, that you will contact your local AAA and find out if they are offering the program in your area. And if so, yes, I urge you to sign up. So this is just kind of like a, like a, uh, an hors d'oeuvre. This is a taste of what you could learn. Why is fall prevention so important? And how big of a problem is it for you and me? Well, according to the National Institute on Aging, one out of three adults age 65 and older falls every year. That's about 11 million people or one older person falling every five seconds. Unfortunately, less than half will talk with their doctor or healthcare provider about it. We're embarrassed. We don't want them to put restrictions on us. For people over 80, it's uh, about 50%. And although there are no exact statistics available, the number of those who have a visual impairment is logically going to be much, much higher. Over 30,000 older adults die each year from fall-related injuries, over 30,000. And 20 to 30% of falls result in severe injuries, broken bones, head traumas, severe lacerations. 90% of hip fractures are as a result of a fall. Just to just... Uh, Yesterday, I heard about one of our members in Fort Worth, Texas, who had a fall and broke her hip. The consequences of a fall could mean loss of mobility and independence, a long hospital stay or rehab, and a lot of fear. People age 75 and older who fall are four times more likely to be admitted to a long-term care facility. Another consequence of falling is the feeling of fear about falling again. So why do older people fall more often than younger people? Well, before we get to that, I want to do a short risk assessment. And this is, these are 10 questions, excuse me, statements. They're not questions, they're really statements. And this was produced by the CDC, the Center 
for disease control. And I'm going to read the statement, and I want you mentally to keep track whether you would say yes or no to the statement. Okay? All right. Number one, I have fallen in the past year. Yes or no? Number two, I use or have been advised to use a cane or walker to get around safely. Three, sometimes I feel unsteady when I am walking. I have to steady myself by holding on to furniture. Four, I am worried about falling. Number five, I need to push with my hands to stand up from a chair. And number six, I have some trouble stepping up onto a curb. Seven, I often have to rush to the toilet. Eight, I have lost some feeling in my feet. Nine, I take medication that sometimes make me feel lightheaded or dizzy or more tired than usual. And 10, I often feel sad or depressed. All right, so count up your yeses. One point for each yes answer. Uh, if you answered yes to either of the first two statements, then you count two points instead of one. Okay? If you scored four points or more, you may be at a high risk of falling. Now, don't let that scare you, because there are things that you can do to lessen that risk. And we'll get to that later. But first, let me go back over those 10 statements and explain them a little more in detail. Number one said, I have fallen in the past year, because people who have fallen once are likely to fall again. I use or have been advised to use a cane or walker to get around safely. And although that's a good idea and that's important, people who have been advised to use a cane or walker may already be more likely to fall. <clears throat> Three, sometimes I feel unsteady when I am walking. Unsteadiness or needing to support yourself while walking are signs of poor balance. Four, I'm worried about falling. Attitude plays an important role in the risk factor of falling. People who are worried about falling are more likely to fall. Five, I need to push with my hands to stand up from a chair. And this is a sign of weak leg muscles, a major reason for falling. And the same is true if you have trouble stepping up onto a curb. I often have to rush to the toilet. Rushing to the bathroom, especially at night, can increase your chance of falling. Number eight, I have lost some feeling in my feet. Numbness in your feet could cause stumbles and lead to falls. Number nine, I take medicines that sometimes make me feel dizzy or lightheaded. 
And this is true, that side effects from some medicines can increase your chance of falling if they cause dizziness or lightheadedness. And number 10 was, I often feel sad or depressed. Again, our mental attitude plays a big role in our risk for falling. Symptoms of depression, such as not feeling well or feeling slowed down, are all linked to falls. Okay, I'm going to stop for just a few seconds and see if there's any immediate question or comment that someone wants to make. And you can raise your hand and Belinda will acknowledge you and unmute you. Anybody want to raise a hand? Uh, first of all, let me go ahead and give a few commands here. We have a lot of folks here. So if you are on a PC to raise your hand, it's Alt-Y on a Mac is um, option Y on your smartphone you're gonna find your more button at the bottom right double tap that and swipe to your raise hand option and if you are on a landline or push button phone you're going to press star nine to raise your hand i have fallen in the past year um but i have a question regarding i think it's problem number two you mentioned canes and walkers now, I use a mobility cane. You're not talking about mobility canes. You're obviously talking about walk, walking canes, right? Both of those things. Any support cane or walker, uh, it can be helpful, but you have to be sure that you're using it safely. Okay. Um, when I say cane, I mean like a white cane with a tip, like a mobility cane. Well, That's no, not the kind of No, I'm not talking about the, the white cane. I'm okay. talking about basically a support cane, yes. Um, that's what I thought. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Who's next, Belinda? We don't have any other raised hands right now. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll continue on. And so <clears throat> why do people fall? And there are three main reasons. Environmental hazards, especially those in our homes. Personal behaviors and attitudes. And the physical condition of our bodies and the amount and type of exercise that we do. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend one class session on each of these topics. So try not to miss any of the sessions. So to begin with, environmental hazards. And since we spend much of our time in our homes, we're going to begin there. And what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of mentally walk with you through your home. And we're going to take a look at what are some of the hazards that we may have that we're not even aware of. There is a safety uh, checklist, which I'm going to use. And this is actually available from the U.S. Consumer safety, uh, consumer product 
uh, Safety Council. And uh, <clears throat> after the session, I'm going to upload this to the AAVL discussion list. And if uh, Jeff will allow, we'll also put it on the website. Now, it's quite an extensive list, so I don't expect you to remember everything that we talk about, but it'll kind of give you a mental picture of what to look out for in your home or apartment, wherever you live. There's about 45 different things that you need to be checking out to see if you have any of these hazards. Also, it's important to keep them in mind when you go to visit a business or your church or a neighbor's home, keep those same ideas in your mind to see if perhaps there are some hazards there. If we can avoid hazards, we can cut down a whole lot on the potential risk of, of falling. All right, so first, we're going to kind of look at the general area. And the general area is everywhere throughout your house. Lamp extensions and telephone cords, are they placed out of the flow of traffic? Now, I know many, many, many people no longer have landlines, so they don't have to worry about telephone cords. But there are a lot of other kinds of cords that we have to appliances. And uh, sometimes we let them stretch across pathways. This can be very dangerous. So stretching across a walkway can cause someone to trip, even if you think it's flat, even if you kind of tape it down, it still could catch somebody's toe or heel. The recommendation is to arrange furniture so that outlets are available for lamps and appliances without the use of extension cords. But if you must use an extension cord, you place it on the floor against the wall where people cannot trip over it. Also check for frayed or damaged cords. The second thing is small rugs and runners. This is what happened to the lady that I mentioned about uh, earlier who fell yesterday and broke her hip. Yeah, she tripped over a rug. And I don't know whether it was a throw-down throw rug or a regular rug, but anyway, rugs can be really, really dangerous, especially the little rugs that we kind of put in entranceways and, and between a, <clears throat> a one room and another or to protect, my wife used to do this. She used to put, throw rugs on top of the regular rug so that the regular rug wouldn't get worn. So it's recommended that you remove rugs and runners that tend to slide, or that you apply a double-faced adhesive carpet tape or rubber matting to the backs of rugs or runners if you really, really insist on having them. The, uh, over time, the adhesive or tape, which you put on the back of these rugs, does wear. 
And so you need to check periodically to see if that adhesive has begun to wear. It's no longer got sticky surface or it's kind of pulled away a little bit. And, uh, and you need to replace that. Now, regular rugs. Are your carpets and rugs, are they in good repair? One of the problems that I had between my kitchen and my dining room was that the rug ended and it had a bunch of tacks protruding up from the edge, which were supposed to hold it down. Well, those tacks, those nails were really, really hazardous. Not only did you cut your feet if you walked barefoot, which I do a lot, uh -huh. but also you could trip over them. So it's really important to put a covering over the edge of any rug that's adjoining a wood or tile surface from one room to the other. <clears throat> uh, the next item is, are floors even? without any abrupt elevation or changes. In some parts of the country, as here, we have foundations that can shift and uh, floors actually can move up or down and create a little bit of a lip from one area to the other. Well, sometimes we have just in the natural construction of a home, you have a little step going up or going down. So what can you do about that? In older houses particularly, there may be unexpected rises on floors or decks or walkways, and they can throw a person off balance. Well, what you should do is, if they are significant, you should install a slight ramp with a slip-resistant surface to even out the floor so you can walk safely from one area to the other. Our rooms and passageways kept clear of clutter. Oh my. Well, if you have grandchildren or children or pets and they have toys that they leave around, well, that can be a hazard. I know a friend of mine has acquired a, a little... Uh, I don't know what kind he is. I think he's a Dostrund. Anyway, he's very playful. So she bought a bunch of toys for him. And he leaves his toys all over the place. So at the end of the day, she has to collect all of the toys and put them in a basket. So that if she gets up at night and walks to the bathroom, she isn't going to accidentally trip over one of his toys. Uh, the other thing is sometimes we're a little bit uh, careless when we come home and we've got, uh, we're in a hurry to, to kick off our shoes and, and sit down and rest in our favorite easy chair. And we leave those shoes in the middle of the floor or in the hallway or next to the kitchen. So clutter can be a big problem. It's important to remove clutter and to be aware of the possibility that someone else might have dropped something and left it in your way. Are floors unwashed? Now, of course, uh, it used to be that we used 
My mother, I know, used to wax our floors all the time, wax, wax, wax. And it made them very slippery. Well, now, of course, we have wax that is uh, more uh, uh, skid resistant. So that's not as big of a problem anymore. But slippery surfaces, uh, as if they are so, that we should be very, very careful about. Uh, if you spill water, for example, a, a wood floor or a tile floor can become very slippery. So you want to make sure that all of that is wiped up and made very clear of any wetness or any slipperiness. This is also a problem when we visit uh, some businesses. I was in a restaurant with my family about a month and a half ago, and my son went to the restroom, and on his way, he slipped and fell. There was a wet surface. They had just finished mopping, and they didn't go back over it and dry it. And so the pathway to the restroom was totally wet, and he slipped and fell. And then a server came by and did the same thing and dropped a whole tray tray of food. So slipperiest surfaces can happen in other locations too. It's important to be careful. And if you encounter them in a restaurant or a public building, bring that to the attention of the management. For for those folks who do have vision, it's important that hallways have adequate, adequate lighting. Are all rooms and hallways lit safely and well? Shadowed hallways can impair your ability to see the pathway clearly. So you should use maximum recommended wattage. Don't save a few pennies by going to, you know, 30 watt bulbs. Uh, Definitely use the maximum so that whether yourself or a visitor coming in will be able to see any obstacles that are in the way. Light switches, are they accessible on entering the room? I have one light switch in my bedroom, which was behind a bookcase. And (laughs) you had to reach behind the bookcase to be able to turn it on and off. Uh, That wasn't very convenient. So I had to kind of move the bookcase a little bit so that the light uh, switch would be more available. Another important reference here has to do with availability of emergency numbers. You know, uh, we have a great convenience now with our cell phones and with the A-Lady, and I can't say her name because otherwise she'll start talking. You know how she is. And the the fact is that now we can uh, simply say the number that we want to have called and we can have it uh, done for us. But it's also important to have reminders of key emergency numbers for other people's benefits. Do you have access to your telephone if you should fall or experience some other emergency? Do you carry your cell phone with you or do you, as I do, sometimes leave it in the other room while you walk to the kitchen or the bedroom? Uh, My 
my daughter gave me as a little gift for my birthday a pouch which snaps onto my belt and I can put my phone in it so it isn't really in the way. And uh, having my cell phone there means that I carry it with me wherever I go. I also have two echoes, one in one end of the house, the other in the end. So I know that if I shout out that one of those two A ladies will hear me and they'll be able to um, uh, address my my request to call my daughter or my doctor or whoever I need to be calling. Let's move to the kitchen. But before I move to the kitchen, let me pause for a minute and see if anyone has any questions at this juncture about what we've talked about so far, so far about hazards in the home. Yes, so we have Agnes. Hi, I don't have any questions, but um, I'd like to offer a quick uh, suggestion. And that is in your bathroom when you're working with your tub or your shower to try to have a good mat inside the tub. And then um, quite a few months ago, uh, my occupational therapist who came after I had my knee surgery helped me find a good mat for outside the tub that she got at Walmart. And it's got real good stuff on it so when i set it on the floor you know it stays because the other mats that i had they weren't secure enough that's very good and and that leads me right into the kitchen and the bathroom and you're absolutely right a rubber mat can prevent slipping on a wet floor so it is important to have that uh <clears throat> and best is to put it right in front of the sink where wetness is likely to happen uh also in the kitchen also in the kitchen uh you want to uh make sure that frequently needed kitchen items are not out of reach you know uh you don't want to have to stretch or climb up on a stool to get something that you use every time you don't even want to have it be too, too low. So you have to bend way down. Make it convenient. So move items around so that they're convenient and can be reached easily. Step stools are often something that people use in the kitchen. But step stools can be precarious. So it's important to choose a step stool with a handrail that you can hold on to while standing on the top step if you have to climb up that high. It's also important that you have a step stool that is in good shape, good repair, that all the screws and the braces are tightened and throw away any broken parts. Don't keep one just because it's sort of you know, been around for a long while. Get them out of there. Bedrooms are another area where you might find light switches or lamps that are not within easy reach. And so you might want to consider that, relocating some of them 
closer to the bed so that when you need to get up at night, if you need light, you have it immediately available within reach. That's extremely important. Also, it's good to have a piece of sturdy furniture next to the bed that you can use to help move yourself up out of bed and back into bed. Sometimes we need that little extra support. By the way, I'm going to talk in one of the next sessions about the correct and safe way to get out of bed and to get back into bed. Believe it or not, there are safe ways to do that. Um, <clears throat> let's move to the bathroom. If you need to use the restroom <clears throat> that uh, that you have to get up during the middle of the night, you want to make sure that you have no obstructions in the way. You've got a clear path. And if you need lighting, that you have a night light so that you can see your way easily to the bathroom. And in the bathroom, and in the bathroom, showers should be equipped with non-skid mats, abrasive strips on the floor or surface that will not be slippery. Uh, as Agnes said, it's important to have a rubber mat or some of these uh, self-adhesive uh, strips that you can put down, something that will keep you from sliding. What's also important in the bathroom? Also important in the bathroom are grab bars, grab bars. Yes. You know, even though we may think, oh, I don't need a grab bar. I am, I'm perfectly capable of getting in and out of the shower or in and out of the bathtub. But I'll tell you what, they add a degree of security and safety. And they really, really do help. Some people even prefer to have a grab bar next to the toilet. If the toilet is especially low uh, for you and you have to kind of lift yourself up, Having that grab bar alongside can be a big, big help. Now, installing those grab bars, that is really important. Don't let somebody install them by just gluing them to the wall. That's not safe and that's not sufficient. They should be attached through the tile to structural supports in the wall. And if you don't know how to do that, then you should get someone who is able to do that. Some of the area agencies on aging have uh, departments that will provide that kind of assistance. If you, as a senior, need someone to install grab bars, you can try contacting your AAA and see if they offer that kind of home health uh, home uh, home help, because that's how I got mine installed, and they did a super job. Yeah. Water temperature can be a big issue. Uh, some uh, some people like the water really, really hot for a shower, but it's also important to check the temperature before you get in the shower or get in the bathtub. It should not be any warmer than 120 degrees. If, you're, if your water is too hot, you can adjust the temperature on your water heater. If you're not sure how to do that, 
you can have someone do that for you. Lower the temperature so that it is warm enough that you are happy with it, but it's not going to burn you. Let's see. I think we will now look at <clears throat> going outside. And there's a lot of things to look at. If, if you're uh, going outside, you've got stairs, you've got entranceways, and you've got uh, maybe uh, lighting. All of those things are important in, in your uh, home or apartment, or if you live in a, uh, in a retirement center. Well, before I get to that, this item comes up. I didn't realize it was going to show up. Chairs and tables. Are chairs and tables sturdy and without wheels, without casters? And by the way, you should be using one of those kind of chairs when you're in this session. When we get to the third session and we talk about exercising, it's extremely important that you have a sturdy chair, preferably with arms, that has a high back and that you're comfortable in. Furniture must be stable enough to support the weight of a person leaning on it. You may need to use it if you should happen to fall and need to get back up. You may need that piece of furniture as your support. A uh, tripod or pedestal uh, uh, tables are not safe. They're really not safe. All right. The entranceway. Our walkways to your home or your apartment or your building are they free from cracks or holes? And that may be something that you have to take up with your landlord or with the management at the uh, uh, retirement community where you're living. But cracks in the sidewalk or holes in the sidewalk can be very dangerous. Is there adequate lighting at the doors to the building or your home? Are doors in good repair, easy to open and to close? If there is a doormat, is it in good repair? And does it lie flat or is it starting to curl? Is the building entranceway <clears throat> uh, protected from rain by a roof or an awning? If not, then the sidewalk in front of it, the cement in front of it, could be slippery. If there's an elevator, do the doors close slowly enough to allow you time to get in and out? Does the elevator stop so that it is level, perfectly level with the floor of the lobby or hallway? And do outdoor stairs have sturdy, easy-to-grip railings? Yes, there's a lot to check. There's a lot to remember. That's why I said that I'm going to make this checklist available 
so that you can use it from time to time because things change over the course of months. So you want to have it available to you to be able to look at and maybe walk through your home or your apartment every six months or so and see, is there something I missed? Is there something that I need to change? Railings on porches and decks, are they sturdy enough to lean on? You know, there's been several sad accidents of groups gathering on decks and leaning on the rail, and the rail is not supposed to support, you know, 10 or 12 people, only to support maybe one or two, and all of a sudden, these people went falling down. Are stairs well-lighted? And that's indoor stairs as well as outdoor stairs. You, again, should use the maximum wattage that is recommended. <clears throat> don't, uh, don't kind of try to skimp and save on light bulbs. You don't save that much money. You can reduce glare by using frosted bulbs. Indirect lighting, shades, or globes on light fixtures. Have a qualified person add additional light fixtures where necessary and make sure that the bulbs that you use are the right type and wattage for that light fixture. We're almost done with this list, but it, as I told you, it's a significantly long list because there is so much for us to check when we're trying to avoid hazards in the home. And that's where most of the falls occur in our home. Again, check where the light switches are located. If, if, uh, if no other light is available, keep an operating flashlight in a convenient location at the top and bottom of stairs. Install <coughs> night lights. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> uh, consider installing switches at the top and bottom of stairs. Are the handrails securely fastened on both ends? Sometimes they get a little wobbly. Uh, the screws come loose, and we think, oh, I'll get to that later. No, don't, don't put off repairing broken handrails or handrails that are becoming a little bit loose. <clears throat> Do they run the continuous length from top to bottom of the entire flight of stairs? Be aware of that, especially in, uh, in somebody else's home or in another building where you're not familiar if the handrail doesn't extend continuously the full length of the stairs, you could be uh, in danger of, you know, coming down to where you thought was the last step and you put your foot and all of a sudden there's another step. Wait, I didn't know that was there. All right, Belinda, we're going to stop again and see if we have any comments or questions. We have Lorraine with her hand raised. Okay. Hi. Um, I didn't know you could make phone calls with your Lady A. 
Is that yes, right? You can. Absolutely, you can. Uh, if you have her um, application loaded onto your iPhone, yes, then she will recognize any contact number that you have in your phone. Oh, really? Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I know people that have, you know, uh, they talk to Siri and, and say the word hey before it. I don't want to say it because I don't want to set some yeah. people's phones off. But um, I didn't realize that was a, the case with the uh, alien. Yeah. If you were in my contact list, I could tell her, hey, lady, call Lorraine. And she would. Huh. And also, right. also, you can tell her whether to call your A-Lady or to call you on the phone, whichever you prefer. Oh, I, if I wanted to call. Yeah, if that, if, if that person has an A-Lady as well, you uh -huh. can talk A-Lady to A-Lady. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's good to know. Anyone else, please? Doug Powell. Hi, Doug. I had a couple of suggestions. One is, uh, you know, I, I, I know there's got to be other people out there like me who, if there's a chair nearby, you'd rather just jump up on the chair than get, get the, um, uh, you know, get your, uh, your uh, step stool. Uh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought you, you probably ought to emphasize uh, not not doing a, something stupid like that. Um, the other thing that I've found, uh, we have uh, hardwood floors, uh, and then we have a stairway, and um, it's pretty easy to just step off into nothing. So we actually put a rubberized mat. You know, just a small rubberized mat in front of the stairway. So I, it's kind of like a truncated dome at the end of a sidewalk before you go into the street. So, you know, I, I hit the rug and I know I'm close to the stairway. That's and a good idea. Very good idea. Yeah. And, and another thing you can also do uh, on these stairs is you at the very end on the railing, you could put uh, some sort of piece of rough tape to let you know that you came to the end of the handrail. There you go. And, and you're absolutely right about the chair, Doug. <laughs> uh, uh, people do that all the time. And uh, <clears throat> crazy, crazy Larry, when he wasn't quite as sensible, would <laughs> climb on top of his bed to change the light bulb <laughs> in the ceiling. <laughs> And and beds are not very sturdy. They they wobble. <laughs> they wobble a lot. <laughs> the, the the other thing uh, I I've noticed is that um, when you have uh, when you, especially somebody who's visiting, um, sometimes they pull out their computers and they plug in their computers, and you know that that cord stretches across uh, oh, walking oh, areas. Yeah. So, you know, so number one, hopefully you've set up your house, your own house and your own computer so that it, the accord is not going across a walkway. But also you got to be careful for, with visitors as well. Very true. Very true. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate those comments. Anyone else have a comment or question? Yeah, you have three more raised hands, and we have about 12 minutes. 
Um, so the next person is someone signed in with uh, the name of American Council of the Blind of Minnesota. This is this is Patty from this morning. Um, yes, Patty. One other issue that, that I have found sometimes when you get visitors or you have a spouse, um, they may leave stuff on the stairs, which is extremely dangerous yeah, because no, no, no. it may be to the side enough, but if you step over to that side enough, you can certainly take a tumble in a hurry by sliding whatever is, is there. Okay. Um, next, we have Lynn Correll. Hello, Larry. Hi. Hey, uh, Larry, first of all, could you give the statistic, statistic again about what the percentage or rate of falls of people over 65? It's one out of every three will fall this year. Oh, that's crazy. I know and, I fell last and, year. And, 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 if, and the older you get, the more likely. And if you have fallen once, again, more likely. And if you have a vision problem, more likely. Right. And then um, one of the things that you suggested, which I think is a great idea, I have put um, strips on a surface of the bathtub because I don't want to fall. And I also have grab bars and I also have, um, I used to do stupid things too about climbing up on my, when I lived with my dad in Sarasota, Florida, I would climb up on the counter to get to the high uh, to the high shelves I couldn't reach. I wouldn't do it anymore, but I did it then. A couple of years ago, and also I, I actually had somebody lower the coat rack because it was too high for me, and I didn't want to have to worry about getting to my jacket. So they actually lowered the uh, uh, the the bar that held the like my, my coats, the hangers, and stuff. So, you know, you have to do what you have to do if you're going to keep safe and not not fall. So that's all. You know, a friend of mine <clears throat> told me a story. She didn't fall as a result, but she severely injured her shoulder because uh, she had a reason to look at all of her purses on the top shelf of her closet. Well, she got them all down okay without a problem. And then as she was going through them, she was throwing them back up <laughs> to the shelf. And in the course of trying to do that, she pulled her shoulder out of whack. So sometimes it's a question of, you know, what we used to be able to do 20, 30 years ago, maybe we can't do it quite as easily anymore. So we need to know what our limitations are. It doesn't mean that we can't do things, but maybe we have to do them in a different way and recognize that maybe we have to do it more slowly and more sensibly. Next. Robert Acosta. Hi, Bob. Hi, Larry. Excellent presentation. There's something that I, I don't know if you'll get to in future sessions. What about panic buttons? Or where you press it, you're in the shower or whatever, you trip or whatever. What do you think of those? And do you have any recommendations? Thank you. Those are a very good idea. And I know some uh, community uh, retirement communities actually have those as part of a feature. I don't know that they have them in the shower, but that certainly is a consideration. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> the uh, having the uh, the cell phone can serve as a kind of a panic button. I don't know. You take it in your shower, but you might want to have it close by. Okay. Thank you. 
Okay, next we have Agnes. Um, in an, in to Bob's comment, some people here in my apartment complex have different uh, medical alert devices, and some they can get, they have pendants or something they can wear and take them in the shower. And um, also, uh, I wanted to suggest that if you live in an apartment complex and you're noticing that people aren't abiding by the rules like put you know leaving things out where they're not supposed to and you don't really want to say something to your management it would be a good thing to do because you could help you know to prevent an accident um and i know what i'm talking about from experience um because i fell in 2020 and it was due to the fact that a neighbor was visiting another resident and both knew better that her walker wasn't supposed to be left where it was and I was walking and going along good and somehow I caught it and I fell forward and I have some stains, some severe you know, injuries that we're still um, treating. And I had spoken to this person before about leaving her walker out there and, and the resident about why, because I noticed it there one other time you know she didn't take it in and i don't remember now what they had said but they didn't pay attention and you know i've paid a high price so after my accident of course i had to bring this to the apartment manager's attention and um, things have been put out and even put out with our new uh, manager reminding people and reminding them that this is a lease violation and what can happen if they don't cooperate right okay how much time do we have left uh belinda about five minutes and you have about uh three raised hands okay uh i was going to play <clears throat> a uh a video for you but instead of doing that i'm going to uh again place it on the aavl discussion list this was a video that was uh uh, created several years years ago. Let me turn dogs off. Uh, and uh, from AFB, and it's it really describes how using contrasting color marks for steps and surfaces can be helpful to someone with low vision to avoid tripping or bumping into things. So I'll take another uh, comment or two. And uh, I'll put that link up so that you can watch it if you wish. Okay, Deborah, you're up next. Um, yes, I'm enjoying all of this. Um, can you comment about no matter how much of a step up you're taking on, a, say, a step stool, and you're, and you're reaching up to lift something off? And then you want need to bend down and set that item down lower than you're at. That movement of looking up and then bending down with the item in itself, the effects that have, no matter how much off the ground you are. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I want to say this, that everybody is a little different so i don't try to prescribe specifics you have to know what your own limitations are and one of the ways to test that is to have somebody with you when you 
go up a step stool. Maybe you're only safe going up one step. That's fine. If you're safe going up two steps and picking something up and bringing it down, okay. But you have somebody watch you, and if you look like you're wobbling, then maybe that's something you should avoid. Mm -hmm. Yes, I. there are cases now I avoid, and um, uh, I very much, I've fallen on my back five times after I count started. Oh. But figuring out, but over a long period of time, and and so it was only till I had back problems that I I figured out and counted just how many times just going up a step stool and getting some that same motion, and not realizing that I get dizzy when I do that. Yeah, well, when you get dizzy, yeah. that's the time to stop. Yep. Okay. Uh, thank you. I yep. think we're we're about out of time. Am I right, Belinda? Yes, sir. It's uh, four fifty-eight Eastern. So, our next session will be Tuesday at the same time, and we're going to talk about fear and about personal attitudes and behaviors that can result in an increased risk of falling. Let me say that. If you are not already subscribed to the AAVL uh, discussion list, you can subscribe very easily. All you have to do is to send an email to AAVL-L plus subscribe, the plus sign, and then the word subscribe, and then at ACB lists. That's plural, L-I-S-T-S dot org. And then they will send back a confirmation that you are subscribed. You don't have to be a member of AAVL in order to be participating on the discussion list. So lastly, again, that, that address, and you can go to the ACB website, and it will guide you to how to join the, uh, the discussion list. Thank you all for being part of this and hope to see you all. Thank again. you, Larry. Thank you, Thank very you much. so much. Bye bye. Bye.